eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl-winning NFL scout, Brian Broaddus. You can hear him on 105.3 The Fan on the G-Bag Nation, uh, 2 to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. That's Central Time. Uh, Brian, how you doing? Doing well, Bobby. Thank you very much. Get a little practice to evaluate here the next couple of days, right? Yes. I, I like. We actually got some of these Frisco practices. We're just getting two of them. Um, I was out there yesterday. I know you got to review uh, the footage. You'll be uh, you'll be out there to, uh, for the uh, Wednesday practice, though, right? I will be looking forward to that. Yeah, I feel like that I've been just so detached from this thing. But you know, again, folks have done a nice job of, like yourselves and others have, uh, you know, with the videos and things like that. And, and you know, Derek Eagleton, those guys with DallasCowboys.com, streaming that, uh, you know, for us to watch as well. So good, uh, some. Some good opportunities to evaluate what happened uh, on uh, on um, Tuesday night. Yeah, big big headline probably coming out of practice was just the absence of Tyler Smith. That got some people a little uh, a little tense, I think, because uh, you know we had we were sitting in the press conference, and I remember Clarence Hill had asked uh, Mike McCarthy, said any any injuries coming out of the game, and uh, Mike was just like, no, no. And like, yeah. but said it with kind of a smirk a little bit. And so I remember distinctly sitting there going like, mm, that feels like he's, he's winking at us a little bit. And so we get out there and we're, we're going through like me, Todd Archer, Calvin Watkins, like all of us, like normal, just checking off. Counting who's the here. roster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just seeing who's here. And we all kind of slowly were coming to the realization at the same time of, uh, there's no 73. We keep circling back looking for seven. Uh, there's no 73. And so, uh, Tyler Smith absent from practice shows up about midway through, 
uh, wearing shorts and, and no pads, has a, a backwards cap on. Uh, and we were heading into the locker afterwards to, to talk to players. And Mike McCarthy's walking by and Clarence Hill steps out of line and puts his hands out and like stops McCarthy's like, hey, uh, Tyler Smith. And he's like, oh, yeah, he uh, he tweaked his ankle in the Chargers game, uh, but he's fine. It's a minor issue, not serious. And he's like, I guess that's the kind of stuff you were asking about in the press conference. Claire's like, yeah, yeah, yeah the first round pick would have. Uh, that's kind of what I was wondering about those kind of players. But Mike McCarthy said, yeah, I need to bring my injury list up to the podium to remember it better. But uh, Tyler Smith doesn't sound like anything serious, Brian. No, it, it doesn't. And uh, when he said yesterday or when you guys were reporting that he wasn't practicing, the first thing I thought of was the kid has taken a lot of reps yep. and maybe a little bit banged up and maybe a little bit tired. And so they were just trying to maybe give him a mental break, maybe a little bit of a physical break too. Uh, you know, you're probably saying, well, hey, Brian, he's a rookie. He's, he needs all the reps. He needs all the work. He's taken a lot of reps. He's taken a, a lot of the work. He's played in all these preseason games. He's been physical throughout. You know, maybe I thought, eh, maybe he just needs a day just to kind of catch his breath and, and uh, allow himself to heal up a little bit. You know, they've used uh, – used Connor McGovern quite a bit and Connor McGovern stepped in in the practice and continues to to be you know pretty good at his job so uh, but just to hear the minor ankle thing I think was a, a big relief to all Cowboy fans coming out of the practice these specifics that we saw uh Brian I don't know which way you want to go with that I want let's lead off I guess here with the the first thing I had in in my notes which was I saw a lot of Anthony Barr out there. Anthony yeah. Barr doesn't – this doesn't feel like, you know, a role player who they're they're going to, you know, have in there just every so often or to give breaks. It feels like Anthony Barr is going to be a big part of this lineup. He was out there taking a ton of snaps with the first team. Uh, Van Der Esch and Barr at the linebacker, they had a lot of Micah Parsons standing up and rushing from a two-point stance. Uh, and, and the other interesting thing about the grouping that we saw yesterday – when there was a third corner on the field with the first team, it was Deron Bland. And so Deron Bland, while Jordan Lewis out, appears to be their number three corner. And interestingly enough, he was not outside. They were lining him up inside at the nickel, which is a lot of responsibility to give to a young player. Absolutely. I'll focus on Barr first. Yep. Uh, when Barr was signed, talking to members of the front office and then also talking to a couple guys in the coaching staff about him and how he will be used, uh, the word was, listen, don't think of him as a Sam backer. Don't think of him as a Will linebacker. Don't think of him as a Mike linebacker. There will be certain packages where he will work with Leighton Vander Esch. And when I heard that, it wasn't he will work with Micah Parsons. He will work with Leighton Vander Esch. So with that being said, uh, then now we're getting a little bit of that glimpse of how they're going to try and use him. They're going to put them both in coverage. Now, this is where I think it gets a little dicey for me. I don't see with Barr, and we saw, well, we saw a little bit last night. I don't know the coverage of carrying guys up the field. Yeah. I don't know if necessarily that's the best thing for Barr right now. I think things underneath, things in front of him, I think are fine. But there were a couple of times last night where he had to carry a player up the field and there was clear separation there. So maybe 
Anthony Barr needs to get back into that mode of having to carry guys. But we've seen him in a couple of times, some one-on-one stuff and other things where there has been separation. So the plan was to use him, <clears throat> excuse me, like Van Der Esch, but then, you know, in coverage, but maybe they need to think of a little bit, maybe a little bit different plan going forward. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. He looked he looked like he was until the- until, until he's the he's the that comes back to him. Sure. Whether it's being in shape, practice reps, things like that. Yeah, I and I think that you're you're dead on. I think I think the movement skills looked good. I think he looked like he was he was running well to the sideline, instincts look good, looked like his uh run defense was solid. I think we should feel good about that. Uh, on the bland point, talk a little bit about what kind of trust it takes to give a rookie the nickel slot over a really good nickel corner like uh, Anthony Brown. No, that's that's a great point because I felt like that if they had to play bland, they would play him out on the boundary and then put Brown inside and let him play the nickel. And you're absolutely right. Anthony Brown can play nickel. He's comfortable doing that. That's why I feel like this uh, after the season, whether the Cowboys sign him or he goes somewhere else, someone will say, hey, this guy is a versatile player. He's comfortable on the outside. He's comfortable playing the nickel. It's not a problem at all. So that's something to keep an eye on. But, you know, with Bland, some of his best plays in training camp and some of his best plays in these games have been when he's been playing in the slot. Yeah. And so better to teach a guy how to play the slot, the harder of the two, because you have to carry the whole field. And if you're comfortable carrying the whole field, you surely can play on the outside, and Bland's proven he can do that. Another note from practice, uh, we, we talk about Bland being in there. That's obviously uh, a disappointment, I'm he's sure. He's a good player. Yeah, he is. He's, Bland's he's a very, good player. He's, I mean, he's I, I, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, there, you're good. You watch him cover, he has got a feel, he's got awareness, he knows how to position himself. I believe he has a very short memory when it comes to maybe giving up a play and then coming right back and making a play. That you, The movement skills, all those things that you want in a corner, he looks like he's very capable of, of making those types of plays. I guarantee you, there's teams around the league that are watching him on tape and they're going back in their notes and they're going, where do we miss this guy? Did we not think he could do this? Did we not think he could do that? So uh, good job by the Cowboys potentially finding a guy that can step in and you can really rely on. Yeah, absolutely. And not just teams, you're, you're probably having uh, Jeff Foster and, and national football scouting going, why didn't we have this guy at the combine? Is, is there a reason he wasn't in, invited here? Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. Great job by the Cowboys scouting staff. Uh, their West Coast, or at the time, their West Coast area Well, there's scout, probably, there's probably yeah. people in the Pac-12 that are going, how did he end up in Fresno State? Yes, yes. Because I you believe know, he was Sacramento like, State at first. He kind of looks like, a, he looks like a, an Oregon player, a Washington player. Washington's done a great job of putting corners in this league, putting safeties in corners. Yep. That kid looks, you know, you're thinking Fresno State. Fresno State plays really good football, but there's probably some Pac-12 teams going, huh, maybe this kid should have been on our scholarship playing for us. Shows he's, he's a very good football player. And one of the things that, you know, you mentioned all those other things. I think one of the other things you see when you watch him, he's very disciplined. He doesn't bite yeah. on a lot. He's, he's very patient. And I think that that's a, a big boost to him. 
Kelvin Joseph not in there, but uh, Kelvin Joseph had some success in one-on-ones yesterday against Jalen Tolbert. Uh, Tolbert couldn't really get any room on him on one. There no. was another where he just flat dropped it on a comeback. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, great, here we go. Another tough practice for Jalen Tolbert. This has been turning a little bit. Uh, but after that shaky start, you get into team period with these pads on. Something we haven't seen a lot of since the pads came on is tough catches in traffic from Jalen Tolbert. And I saw about three of them yesterday. Really tough, congested areas, making the catch with two guys around him, fighting for the football, something that you were wanting to see from I think you saw him saying, that's my ball yesterday. And after each catch, Robert Prince was always, the, the receiver's coach was always right over there. First one down there, Yeah, to right. tell him like, Every hey, you got time. it, man. No, that's, this kid needs confidence. And when you make plays in practice, and especially some contested catches where, boy, I'll tell you, Bobby, you know, we're not making this stuff up. Go get that football. Yeah. And he started off to like, just like you said, like, oh, here we go. Here's another one of those practices where he's going to 50-50 this thing. But he got confidence, and he started to go get the football, and he was running the, the routes like he needs to run the routes. And there was separation there, and, you know, he was making plays. And, you know, one time he would catch the ball, and his jerseys all moved out of place, and his pads flopping out, and you're thinking, all right, when you have to go get a ball like that, you're digging it out of the ground, and you're, you're securing it. Securing it, excuse me. And that that's the most important thing right there. He looked like a confident football player in the last 35 to 40 minutes of that practice, where the previous part of it, he looked like a guy that we'd seen that struggled to maintain balance, show strength, and go get that ball. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast uh play a practice by the way if we're talking about receivers play a practice was simi fajoko uh in one-on-ones tight coverage by deron bland all the way down the field gives a a, a little bit of a savvy you know, jab at the end of the route and, and create some separation and lays out. I saw him in the locker room after he had a, just a giant blood stain right yeah. under his knee. And uh, I asked him about it. He's like, yeah, that was turf burn. 
going down and yeah. getting that ball. But uh, very nineteen seventy three of him getting yes, that turf. Burn. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And so he uh, he he had a little bit of a blood spot there. But that was definitely the player practice. The player of practice was Micah Parsons, who if they would have allowed him to to get sacks, if the if these game if these practices would allow you to actually take the quarterback down and that be the end of the play then Micah Parsons probably has six or seven sacks yesterday on just like 40 snaps. And this is not, I, I know everybody's inclination is to go, what, is he just lining up against Terrence Steele every time? No, this no. was Terrence Steele. Uh, this was Zach Martin. This was Josh Ball. Uh, and this was this was Tyron Smith. Smith. Really yeah. beat him, beat him rough to the inside, Smith. And the troubling thing for me, Brian, and I know we've talked a lot about it. There was some concern internally from the Cowboys about, who was that player we saw against the 49ers? Who was was that the version of Tyron Smith we're getting moving forward? Or is this a guy who just, you know, okay, he was coming off the COVID list and maybe he was banged up and and that was the issue. Man, this was a, a practice yesterday where Micah Parsons beats him, but it's also Dorrance Armstrong beat him and Terrell Basham beat him. And that's not the first time during camp that Basham and Armstrong have beaten Tyron Smith. It, is there any cause for concern for you right now about where Tyron Smith's level of play might be? Yeah, there really is. Um, and But I'm happy to see a couple of things. And I'm happy to see, number one, Dorrance Armstrong. Dorrance Armstrong I've been kind of cheerleading for. Uh, matter of fact, we had a chance to interview him on 105.3, and, and the guys I work with brought that up. They said, hey, listen, there's nobody pulling for you more than this guy. And they pointed over at me, and I, I said, absolutely. I feel like he can handle the job. He physically looks good. You know, you, you know, he, he's, got some, he's got that link to him, but he looks like he's got a little bit more size and a little bit more power. But what he was doing to Tyron Smith – you know, I felt like that, okay, this is what you got to do. You, if you can win against Tyron Smith, you can win against other tackles in the league. And that that part was encouraging. Now, on the flip side of that, you mentioned about the problems that Tyron Smith had. When Tyron Smith used to have problems, it was the inside rush. Yep. You know, there were times where he was just a little bit late getting inside. And I mean, inside left tackle, that's between the guard and himself there. And people would take him into the quarterback and he'd have a little problems. He'd get the holding calls and things like that. But there were a couple times yesterday where low shoulder run got underneath him. And I mean, low shoulder, when I'm talking about the defender getting to the edge, dipping that left shoulder there and driving underneath him. And he was left to be a little hunched over, not in really great position and just giving up the, the pressure to the outside. When Tyron Smith starts getting beat to the outside, that's when you need to have the biggest concern because his hands are really powerful. When he can get on you, when he can kick outside, he can push, he can keep you wide. But when defenders are low shoulder running on him and getting underneath him and getting to the quarterback, now you've got an issue for Tyron Smith. That's something that he doesn't deal with very well along with the inside rush that he uh, has had some problems with in the past. Uh, last point here from the uh, evening practice before we talk about some of the kicker news. Uh, a guy who stood out to me, I think Dalton Schultz looks like an improved blocker. And I know he added five or six pounds of muscle this offseason. I don't know if that's 
got anything to do with it. But a couple times asked to seal the edge on Micah Parsons uh, solo one on one versus Parsons right. and and Golston and some bigger guys and held his own. So I, I I think there's some encouraging aspects to the way Dalton Schultz is blocking right now. Yeah, I haven't seen Dalton Schultz playing any of the preseason games, and but last night you're absolutely right. Uh, him and Hendershot, twelve personnel. Dalton is the inline Y, which means he's on the line of scrimmage. Hendershot playing the wing to that side. They sorted out a couple of different blocks. Things going front side to them, things going away from them, they were able to sort out. And you're right. He was able to uh he was able to stay in position. He didn't get thrown aside. Uh he just didn't get overpowered. And we'd seen that in the past with Dalton Schultz to the point where they put him at the point of attack behind him and he couldn't handle it then they put him on the backside away couldn't handle that either but yesterday just focusing on him nice job of sticking his nose and these tight ends as a whole I feel like they've done a better job of playing with power in these practices you're listening to the love of the star podcast the love of the star of course is an odyssey podcast you can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts 